Hi, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hi, Guthrie. And we today are talking about commitment in its various forms. Um, I think uh, people probably, when they hear commitment, they're probably thinking about relationships. Which is not what we mean. Not what you mean. No. Hmm. No. You know, it's... It's commitment to a product or a service. How do you get people to, you know, you have a product or service, right? You have software or something that you provide to people. How do you get them or to commit to it or at least make it more likely that they'll commit to it? Meaning, you know, you can, I think we, we spend a lot of time and energy, at least people who are in marketing, trying to get people to take that first initial step, right, of you know, knowing that the product exists and then checking it out and then maybe purchasing it, right? But how do you really get people to commit to it rather than just checking it out? I have a so, question. Yeah? What's the uh, difference between commitment and loyalty? Oh, commitment and loyalty. Hmm. In terms of products and services, huh? Boy, nobody's asked me that question before. Um... I think they're similar. I guess to me, if I had to, I mean, and I'm just making this up. This is the Susan definition. Commitment would be more of an initial. Uh, it's I've, I'm going beyond just just checking it out. I actually want to have a relationship with this product or service. And loyalty is I'm sticking with it through thick and thin, no matter what. And I and there you know there's okay. other newer things out there, but I'm not even going to check them out because I'm loyal to this particular product or this particular brand. I, I you you could argue with that. You could say they're the same thing, but I'm I'm talking about commitment more in terms of I've checked something out, and now I'm going to make the decision to go with it. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna really commit to uh, to it being my tool for that, you know, uh, class of products or services. I mean, let's you, let's use a specific example. So uh, we recently switched, and I won't name names, but we recently switched our our CRM software, our customer relationship management software, right? And so we had one, and then and we we've done this switch now. This is the third. Well. This is even the fourth switch because I had switched once before you came on board to the company. Mm-hmm. Since you came on board, then we switched. We had one when you came on. We switched to another one. We switched to another one, and we switched to another one. And but I had a different one. Yeah, yeah, four, but probably four. That's a lot of switches. Um, so I wouldn't say that we're particularly loyal. <laughs> So far to any of these, um, but we we did commit for quite a, quite a long time to each of them, right? Uh, and then we we gave up that commitment and, and moved on. But um, it does sound like relationships, doesn't it? But uh, but I want to talk about how do you get people to even get to that stage where they've gone beyond checking it out and they actually want to work with with the product or work with the service or work with your brand. Okay. All right. So, Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's useful. 
All right. So, um, you know, because I like to give you a hard time and ask you questions when you're, when you don't know I'm going to, uh, I'll do that. So I want you to think about the, this, this last CRM that we committed to. All right. Um, and I want, and I want you to think about, you know, what, like, what, do you have any idea? Do you have any conscious thoughts here about, because you were checking out a lot of software while we were looking, you know, I, I, as I recall, you were checking out this one and that one and this one and that one. So what made you decide, do you know, what, what happened that made you commit? Oh, that was so tough. I, I remember, um, so we were looking for a better, cheaper CRM. Uh, the, 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 the short story is that we we wanted to do um, function A, B, and C. Yeah. And there was a CRM that did A really well, and a CRM that did B really well, and a CRM that did C really well. Um, and we found and, and and we but we wanted it all in one place, which yeah. makes sense. But we also didn't want to pay a lot of money. We were we're such well, a typical customer. Even well, okay, so. I mean, I, function C was maybe not it not be expensive. For example, we you know we wanted oh, we wanted these oh, you know okay. we wanted all this stuff. Okay. And and there was an option that did A, B, and C. They did they did it all, but not very well. Yeah. On any particular one. Um, yeah. And so we we did that for a while, but it just it didn't get better. So instead, um, it, it would it. It decided that it would be cheaper and better to to have uh, a CRM that did function A and a different program to do function B mm-hmm. and like a different program. So so breaking it up in a way I didn't want to, but would would be much better in each individual instance and also much cheaper. Yeah. So I had kind of figured out um, function C, which which was which was to do lists and tasks. We still needed B and A. And so I had found a, a function B that I really liked. And so I just needed my function B and my function A to at least kind of work together. So function A would be your traditional CRM. And I had, I was scouring the map for a thousand different times. And I finally um, picked one that had a very good interface it was very simple because the only thing it needed to do was function A. Yeah. It didn't need all the bells and whistles, so I I I, I was I, I think I did it unconsciously, but I was just trying to find whatever thing did function A the best. Okay. Very simple, very straightforward. And why can't we why can't we say what CRM we're using? You can say. So, we ended up using Pipedrive, which is basically us um a uh I don't know. What do you want to call it? Like a Kanban-inspired... Oh, goodness. I don't know. You know, it's... it's. I mean, the conceptual model... If, if we talked about mental models and conceptual models, we probably yeah. should do an episode on did. that. I think we did. Anyway, the conceptual model of all of these different products is so different. Um, you know, the... Anyway, it's just different. But... Um, yeah. So, so, but I have a question for you. Like, what made you like you you found out about PipeDrive, right? And you thought, oh, this might work. Yeah, right? and I was trying. I was doing a bunch of other trials with a bunch of other different programs. All right. So, talk about the trials. What were you, what were the trials like? Um, 
What does that mean? You were doing trials. Well, I wanted to sync our email, and there's a so I was just you know trying out, trying to put in a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, how were you doing trials? Did they have like free trials? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Did sure. they all have free trials? Yeah, yeah, everyone has a free trial. And so when you would do a free trial, what would you, like, how much data would you put in? Um, what do you mean data? I no, I would. First of all, I wasn't gonna put in the data. You weren't uh, gonna put in any data. No, they all have abilities to import it in various yeah. different ways. Okay, so how are you trying it out? Um, you could. Uh, just just to see what it was like if I created, you know, an opportunity and put it in and created a contact and how easy was it to do the forms. And we have, I wouldn't say we have custom stuff we need, but we have a couple fields that it's nice to be able to segment, like the type of uh, work that it is, yeah. um, stuff like that. Just, just kind of seeing how it all fit together. Okay. And so and then, you did that and then you thought, okay, this one works pretty well. Pipe drive worked pretty well. Yeah, I, it was simple and uh, well designed. A lot of the other CRMs are rather clunky. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, just because they were built on older frameworks. Yeah. And now, now Pipe Drive was built on modern HTML frameworks. Yeah. So the previous one we had, um, how much? Did I use it versus you used it in terms of the CRM part? Yeah, you never used it. The previous one, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was, you were walking in the woods. Yeah, and then what about the new one? Uh, TBD. Uh, well, I disagree with you. I mean, I, I, I actually go into it all the time. Define all the time. Uh, more than once a week. Okay, well, that's and pretty I good. enter things into it, and I, All right, check, well, I look things you know. up in it. You probably aren't aware of that. I'll count that as a win then. Okay, um, and you're going to say I probably do that more than the other one because it's easier. Um, I'm going to say the user interface is better. You're more comfortable with it, and there are just so like the thing about PipeDrive that makes it you know, interesting is as I, as I, as I just pull it up here quickly, there's like, there's not a By the not way, PipeDrive is not a sponsor and they're not paying us money to say these things, right? No, no. So okay. when you go there, the main screen is the pipe drive, which is what the name comes from. Yeah. And so we just have three, like, like it's all of our opportunities in three buckets graphically. That's the main page. And then the only options are deals, mail, which we never use, activities, which we also don't use, contacts and statistics, which we don't use. So literally, your only options when you get there are to look at the current opportunities and either click on deals to create a new deal or contacts to create a new contact. There is like no nowhere else to go. So it's very, it's not overwhelming to you, which is why I think you use it more. That's one reason. So, you know, uh, Let's hear it for having a simpler, better user interface. Yay. Um, yeah, it's not overwhelming. It's simple. There's not a gazillion things you can do. I, there's only a few, which happen to be the few we are interested in. And so I agree with you. That's one reason why I use it more. But there's another reason. Do you remember what happened when we were in uh, Malmo, Sweden? I remember lots of things in Malmo. 
Do what do you do you remember anything that around pipe drive while we were in Malmo, Sweden? Just this. Past yeah, they're June. they're from somewhere, aren't they? Who? Pipe drive. Nope. That's not it. I thought they were from somewhere. Yeah, we had some spare time in Malmo uh, before we we were coming from Stockholm and Varberg, and then we were headed to Paris, and we had a day or two extra, and so we um, and I. Oh, needed they're to from rest Estonia. Up. Sorry. Who is? Pipe drive. Seriously? I didn't yeah, they, know. Yeah, they have that. a they have an office in New York, but I How think they, cool is that? I didn't know that. Well, that's not. I that, I knew that. I knew there was some sort of oh. I mean, that's why their that's why their whole thing is so slick cuz it's it's, it's kind of that Cuz it's from Estonia? Yeah, that kind of slick uh it, it's not Nordic, but it's going to, you know, Baltic Sea, a very classic uh efficient design style. That's pretty funny. I wonder if that's true. It's of course it's true. I use it. I was I'm, I was not surprised. Well, we had some extra time, and Shout so you kind of forced me to do. We had some work we had to do for setup and going through old things. Do you remember that mm -hmm. with pipe drive? We had to go through old files and clean them up and enter new things, and so we took. I don't know. We must. How many hours? It was probably like over the course of two days, maybe eight hours or so, mm -hmm. to go through and do that. And that did a couple things. Uh, one thing that it did was, it gave me lots of time. You know, really concentrated time using it and learning it. Uh, I think one of the one of the problems with commitment to products like this is. Um, you know, p typically, especially with a product like this, and I think this happens a lot with a lot of software, you know, you need it and you want it, but you don't take the time to learn it. Mm -hmm. And you don't go to a class and you don't take the, any, you know, go through all the tutorials if, if there are even any tutorials, right? And so you never really learn it thoroughly and... Um, and so it's always a little uncomfortable. It never feels like you have a relationship with this product. But because of the situation and we sat down and, you know, I had, I used it for hours at a time and, uh, you know, had to figure out how to do this, how to do that. I got comfortable with the interface. So that, that's one thing. Now it, it granted, it does have, I think a much better user experience and user interface than a lot of products in, in this area, so that helped. Um, but uh, also the, the work that we were doing during the, those eight hours or whatever it was, uh, was not always easy. It was arduous. Um, I was getting tired of it. I, you know, I, I'm sure I was doing uh, many of my famous sighs. It, yeah, there's a lot of sighing. I should just note the, Switching from one platform to another was fairly painless, but it's because we needed to update. We had bad data in there anyways. Um, it just made the most sense to go through, to, to import everything, but then go through manually and update everything. Yeah. Um, which which was a lot of man hours, I guess we'll, we'll say. Yeah. But what, one of the things we know about commitment mm -hmm. is that if you have to put time and energy into something and even and, and especially time and energy that's not necessarily easy or fun 
mm-hmm. it's actually kind of difficult uh, or arduous, that actually increases your commitment to the, the thing. So uh, the combination of, you know, learning it because I had to go do all this stuff, plus doing the stuff which wasn't necessarily a piece of cake uh, and wasn't necessarily always fun, right? That combination, actually the end result was I, I had a, I created a solid relationship with pipe drive. So I have a relationship with pipe drive now. I know this sounds, this probably sounds silly to people, but honestly, this is what happens. And so uh, when I think about pipe drive or when I think, oh, I need to look something up, I uh, happily bring up pipe drive to look it up. Um, it, as though I were, you know, picking up the phone and calling a friend. Uh, I can tell you that the previous product we had, I was never happy going in and doing anything with that product. And part of it was the user interface, but part of it was that I never really got a good relationship with that product. And I never um, really uh, went through, you know, uh, the, the kind of arduous. And the, the thing is, you have to go through the ardu- arduous process, but you have to come out of it successful. <laughs> you can't just go through an arduous process and then never, but it never works. Okay. That will not build a good relationship. But if you put time and energy, if you invest time and energy into it, and you have a successful relationship, a successful outcome from it, then you are building the successful relationship. And um, you did the same thing. You had an even more arduous process, didn't you? That went on for like days and days when you yeah. were doing your initial oh, cleanup. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, weeks. you had yeah, you had much yeah. more than me. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it worked at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that means that should mean that you have a more solid relationship with PipeDrive than you did with the previous product. And I don't think you had a good relationship with the previous one either. Like, I remember when we had no. to do something, no. you were like, you go to You would say to me, you go to it. I don't want to go in there. Yeah. I mean, you didn't even want to have a relationship. Well, you know, yeah, one. it was, yeah. There was, there's too much to do. And we don't have enough staff to really have, you know, keep everything super current and have someone in it every day, every hour, like living in it. Yeah. to keep everything really nice. Um, but so. I do, peri- I mean, you may not know this, but I do periodically go into pipe drive and update stuff. I It's sure. probably not totally updated right now. I need to do it again, but, um, but I do it more often. So one of the mistakes that I think, um, so just recently I was, um, you know that uh, I write, I compose music. Uh, which you do too. Yes. And uh, we both compose music. Not together. We don't do it together. But um, uh, I was looking for some software to do a particular thing that I want to do. And I won't go into all the details of it. It has to do with jazz chords and blah, blah, blah. Um, and but I was looking for a product, willing to pay for a product. You know, I mean, of course, free would be wonderful, but I don't. I'll pay for it if it does what I want it to do. And there's a, 
handful of products that, that I could consider. So I, I was interested, this, this is what got me thinking about this because um, some, some of them didn't have a trial at all, right? So you could watch a demo, right? You could read about it. Maybe there was a little uh, demo tutorial movie at the website, right? That you could watch about how it works, but you couldn't try it out on your own. And, um, you know, we know that the, the trials of a product are really important for a couple of reasons. One is what we were just talking about because we, you want to have the experience of, of investing, you know, time and energy and putting your information in, but also um, because of reciprocity, right, which I think we've maybe talked about before. Uh, if you give me something free, I feel like you've done me a favor and then I'll be more likely to do you a favor in return. So if you let me download your product and try it out, I'll be more likely to um, buy it after that if you ask me to. But some of the products didn't have a trial, like you couldn't try them out. And so it's really hard to, to know what it's really going to be like. So I wasn't committing to those, right? And then there was this one product that let you try it out. You could download it and try it out for uh, two weeks. And now, have you had the experience, Guthrie, where, you know, they let you do that, but then they don't give you all the features and functionality? Sure. Yeah. So that's a problem. It, well, it depends. It depends. If it's feature. So, so like, we there's a... Um, so we use Asana for our task scheduling, and they have an Asana Premium. And, like, yeah. so, so there are features. If you did, like, the free trial, for example... There are features you couldn't see, but the features we don't use, yeah. so it doesn't matter, right? But if but if it's a feature that you're really interested in, but it's not active in the trial, that's kind of a bummer. So what happens? At, so I want to talk for a minute about if because you know if any of the people who are listening, you know, have products and services, and they thought about you know the right way and the wrong way to do a free trial, um, you know, here's some. Here's some tips. So first of all, you should have a free trial. And secondly, um, it, you, hopefully you know your audience well enough to know which features and functionality are most important to most people. And you don't want to hide those from the trial. You want them to you know, be able to use everything in the trial, or at least everything you think is, is what they're really interested in. Um, then the next thing that happened, and I think this is an a mistake that a lot of product managers make or product marketers is it was a 14-day trial. Now that sounds very generous, doesn't it? Like what's wrong with a 14-day trial? I mean, I don't think that's enough time. It's it's really not enough time. And, and this, yeah. you know, what happens is you've got someone looking for something and they look around and they identify something they're interested in and they download the trial and then life comes in, right? And they get busy and they didn't get a chance. You know, I think, sometimes I think um, when you're a product manager or, or in charge of marketing a product, you know, you're so, f 
to you, the product is everything and you just assume it is to everyone else, right? And it's like, if you download it, you're going to use it right away, you know? It's like, no, not necessarily. And that's what happened to me with this, with this music software. You know, I downloaded it. I was kind of interested in it. I did try it out a little bit right then. I had, you know, like a spare hour or two. Um, it was on the weekend. And so I tried it out right then. But then, you know, I got busy and I couldn't finish trying it out. And when I went back, like on day 15, you know, it's like, okay, I never did pick a software. I'm going to go back and, and finish that trial and trying it out and see if I want to buy this one. Of course, now it, it won't work. The trial period is gone. And if I tried to start the trial up again, it wouldn't let me you know, whatever the technology is that, you know, I tried uninstalling it from the computer and getting the trial again, no. I tried uninstalling from the computer and using a different email, no. And I wasn't trying to game the system. I was just trying to, you know, finish my trial, which, you know, according to them, no, I had my 14 days and that was it. And I was thinking about that afterwards because, uh, it's, hey, I, it's likely that I would have bought this product, but, you know, I didn't get a chance to fully try it out. And now what do I do? Right? I mean, I could, I guess I can buy it now, but I'm not sure it's what I want. Sure. Um, so there's a case where they're possibly, probably going to lose a customer because they didn't give me enough time to commit to it. So I didn't get to that commitment point because I didn't have enough time. And the other thing that's interesting about that is, um, you know, when, when I went, when I had some more time and I w went back to investigate software, um, I was looking at some of their competitors and then I thought, yeah, but I put that one song in. I should go back and, you know, work on that one song, right? So I had put in one of my songs. I had put work in to you know do it in that software and I want it. and so I did have an initial commitment started but I was never able to solidify or cement that commitment so if you're going to have a free trial you have to um, let people have it long enough that they really have a chance to commit uh, and um, I think a much better way to do a trial instead of time is to do it by, um, you know, number, right? Like in, like there was a, there's a competitive product for this one that lets you have a trial for as long as you want, but you can only do like five songs, right? Sure. And five songs is, if you know, if you're really using the product, five songs won't be enough. <laughs> you're going to want to do a lot more than five songs, but at least, you know, I can take a month to do the five songs or two months if I need to. Um, and, and that's enough to get, you know, time and commitment and put it all in. And once it's in there, you're going to be reluctant to start all over with something else. The, the something else is going to have to be really good because you've already committed to this one. Right, 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 right. So, um, you know, those are all ways to build commitment and then there's um there's one other thing that uh 
I don't know that people always think about um, with commitment. So you know about ratings and reviews, right? Product ratings and reviews and testimonials and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. And I think we talked when we, I'm, I think we talked about social validation when we did our segment on the need to belong. So the idea that, uh, especially if we're uncertain, we look to other people to see what they're doing. And that's one reason why ratings and reviews are so powerful that, um, you know, if we're thinking about buying something, we want to hear what other people have to say about it. But there's an interesting thing about ratings and reviews that a lot of people don't realize. Not only is it useful to you if, if, as a product owner or a brand manager to have people write ratings and reviews, assuming they're positive, uh, because it influences other people. When someone leaves a rating or review um, that's positive, it cements the commitment to the product because it's a way of publicly saying, uh, I like this product. And once you have publicly stated that you like the product, it it increases your commitment. So if, if you really want, I mean, a really good thing to do is figure out how to encourage people to leave um, a review or a rating for a product. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, have we ever, have we ever heard from PipeDrive asking them to rate or give a testimonial or anything? Probably. I don't know. There's a lot of emails that I, (laughs) that I, really? uh, Because I read them, but maybe I'm not getting them. Yeah, uh, I, no I don't. Actually. I don't remember getting one. Maybe we. I did. mean, I don't, we have not also. We also have not been customers for very long. That's true. It's just been a couple of months. Yeah. But that would be, uh, you know, so pipe pipe drive, folks. If you're listening to this, you know, right around now would be a good time to, you know, see send an email, see if people like it, and then. Now, it doesn't, in a way, it doesn't even have to be a rating or review. Um, So you know how they'll send you a survey and ask you to rate the product. Uh, Even just rating it in a survey that goes back to the company is a way of um, uh, making a public statement. I mean, it's not a public statement, meaning that it's going out to the world, but it's public in that it's, it's going past you. It's going back to the company. So I, you know, I assume that that people use surveys to get real data to see if people like their product or service and see what features they like and so on. Uh, And I I have a mixed relationship with surveys, (laughs) which we could probably talk about. Uh, But... uh, if you the other the other positive thing you get out of doing a survey is it gets people to it strengthens the commitment to the product and to the brand when you when they fill a survey out so you want people filling out surveys not just so you can get the data but to strengthen the commitment to your product and i don't i don't know i don't really don't know how much people know that about uh, surveys and commitment. So there's some really interesting research about um, about uh, commitment and about if you, um, uh, this goes back to that 
behavioral science stuff. And who did this work? Uh-oh. I don't have this at the tip of my tongue or head or fingers. Um, I think it was Ash. I may have to look this up. I did the research where um, he had people uh, estimate the length of a line. I think that's what this was. I, yeah, I may make you talk about something while I go look this up. And you had to, um, and you estimated how long the line was. And he, you know, he would show you a line, right? And is it one inch, two inches, four inches? And he would have uh, people um, estimate the line. And he varied this a million ways. I think it's the same same series of studies where he purposely had other people um, like estimating it incorrectly, like saying it was five inches when it was obviously only an inch long uh, to see if that would affect. Yeah, so only one person is really in the study and everybody else is a confederate. Uh, but what he did was he found that if people, uh, uh, he asked, sometimes he would just ask them to say how long the line was. Sometimes they had to write down how long the line was. Sometimes they had to write down how long the line was and sign their name and hand in the piece of paper. Right. Sometimes see, they just wrote down how long the line was and signed their name, but they didn't hand in the piece of paper. And he was trying to see... In which case would people be more likely to stick with their answer? Uh, and what he found was that when people wrote down the length of the line and signed it with their signature, that was the highest level of commitment. So writing it down gave a higher level than just thinking it and saying out, out loud. Writing it down and signing it was the high, was even more commitment to the answer. Um, and I think writing down and signing it and handing it in was maybe not much better. So it was the writing and then the writing and signing that made people more committed. So, uh, you know, if you can get people to write things down, um, that seems to solidify the commitment, which is, um, you know, that's interesting too because we know there's a um and i think you and i have talked about this i don't know if we've talked about it on a podcast but there's a difference in the way the brain processes information if you type something versus if you write it in longhand yeah we've talked about that and i am skeptical and that's because you hate no 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 i i think it would still work for me but with younger generations that never write anything by hand i think their brains are wired differently just a speculation i don't that's a really interesting idea yeah but obviously like like it makes sense that in your formative youth when you were learning how to process information you wrote it first so you'd have the strongest connection of remembrance when you when you write because there's less steps but if you grew up naturally using a typing things or or using texting on a phone um, I, you know we're gonna have to find out if anybody's done research on this whoop, whoop. you know because what we do know is that it's when, tough because you'd have to find people who are like 12 yeah well there are people who are 12 that we could find um but yeah the, because if you look at you know brain activity when someone is typing or talking um you know that well, let's just say typing, because talking would be different, because that 
you know, verbalizing, speaking out loud involves different parts of the brain. But typing versus writing out in longhand, we see that there is a difference in brain activity. Now, obviously, right, the, the motion is different, right? Sitting there and typing with your fingers is different than moving your whole hand. But the brain activity differences are not just from the motion differences. The information is being stored differently in memory if it's being written out by hand than if it's being typed. And that's a really good question you bring up. Is it because, um, you know, that's the way you initially uh, communicated written information was by writing, right? Not by typing for many people, right? But uh, for younger generations, that may not be true. They may not have ever done much in quote longhand unquote. But um, but I don't know. I I I'm curious now about this because the uh, there's other also research that shows that you know how some languages have a much more um, pictorial aspect to them. Uh, yes, um, that would be the the Chinese, the Japanese uh, yeah, things that yeah. are. Words that are written basically in pictures instead of the standard kind of it's, numerical characters. Right. So um, there's differences in brain activity for uh, people who write in those languages rather than um, the you know characters that we're used to in English because there's more of a fluid uh, hand and arm movement. So I don't know if uh, it still may affect younger people uh, who perhaps didn't do much longhand, but you could teach them longhand. You know, like if you if you force them to, let's say that you ask them to write about an event that happened to them, or you ask them to write down their goals for the next six months or something, and you ask them to do it in longhand versus typing, even if they didn't grow up with longhand. I'm going to guess they're, they're still going to process the information differently because I think it has to do with the movement of the arm and the hand. But I could be totally wrong on that. So if you want to make use of this idea of people commit more, if they write longhand, you better hurry up and do it now because maybe it won't work <laughs> with younger I mean, if you think about it, the... You know, the idea of writing longhand is... You think that's obsolete? Well, I think, yeah, I do. Um, it's an expression, you have an expression in your brain, and then you have to turn that expression uh, into abstract thought, a... and then into words, and then into letters. Into a picture. And then turn that, uh, turn that into a specific series of arm motions. But see, um, that's why you're processing is, is... it differently you're pro yeah, there's more encoding going on there's I'm saying, more I'm encoding it's like, typing is more efficient because it's the muscle memory is just exactly where you're hitting instead right. of like if you draw, if you think of a cursive a right it's it's a much it's a much more it's a different detailed muscle memory. stroke it is. But yeah it's, yeah it's very different okay but see this goes back to what we were talking about before when it's harder when you have to put more effort into it then you value it more so you might be more committed to whatever it is that you're writing down. I, I agree that it's hard to get people to do things in longhand. I mean, 
you know, I know about the research about longhand versus typing. And so when I, I do these, um, we've talked in another podcast episodes about the power of self stories. We had Timothy Wilson on and, and we talked about self stories. And, and so, um, uh, one of the things I periodically do is I write out, uh, my current self story. And then I write, this is like my kind of personal therapy, self-help, uh, personal growth. One of those things I do. Um, I'll write out my current self story and then I'll rewrite the story, uh, writing a new story to that incorporates some of the things I want to work on, some of the changes I want to make in my life. And, um, I try really hard to do this in longhand because I know that if I do it in longhand, it's going to have a bigger effect and I'll be more committed to the new story. But it's really hard because I hate writing longhand. You know, my handwriting is bad and it's just, you know, it's, oh, I'm so much faster on the keyboard. So, uh, but I try and force myself to do it. I'm not always successful in doing uh, that. Sure. Though, though you, though you, I find that you're much, much, much more successful at notes when you take notes by hand. Mike, my question is, will that be the same if you take notes on a computer using like an ink pen? Oh, like the, yes, pen. yes. So, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I'm very aware of the difference in thought process between my longhand writing and my my typing. And so, for instance, if we're um, if we're on a phone call with a client or if we're meeting in person with a client, I much prefer to take longhand notes. Uh, partially, um, because I think if you're on the phone and they can hear you typing, I think that's distracting. And, uh, I always tell people, if you hear me typing, it's, I'm not sending emails. I'm actually, it's cause I'm taking notes. Um, and sometimes I'll mute, but that's just, you know, pain to mute on, off, on, off. Uh, and then if I'm in person with them and, you know, I have a, my laptop with me, it's still kind of annoying and distracting because, you know, I, I, there's something about if you're typing and you don't, not maintaining, even if you're maintaining eye contact, because I can, I can type without looking at my hands at all. So I can maintain eye contact with you while I'm typing, but it's still kind of weird, right? It's like, cause someone's looking at you and they're typing at the same time. So I much prefer to take notes by hand. I think that's it makes for a better um, interaction. Uh, but you know, it my handwriting's bad, and so I'd much I'd rather. And then you have to type it all up afterwards. So yeah, I'm interested in. Um, I think my guess is going to be, and we just got these laptops that fold over, and then, and I have the pen. You know, I have to learn how to use this. Uh, I have, we haven't tried this yet and I really want to try it. I, I'm going to say that, yeah, I will see. I'll try it and I'll let you know. I'm going to say that the experience will be like writing longhand because you're still making the hand and arm movements. So, right, 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 right. Now, supposedly, will that like take my longhand and turn it into words? They won't be able to read my handwriting. No, just that it'll store it for me so I don't have to retype it. Is that the idea? Um, yeah. 
That's the idea. It's it's there's a lot of stuff we can do. Yeah, I want to. There's a new Windows update that's coming out in October that'll have a lot more. A lot more you features s- when it comes to You're saying I, should, I shouldn't even try it yet? I, no, go ahead and try it. I don't know why I would say don't try it. I'm, I'm just saying it's 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 going to... What it can and can't do is getting better all the time. That's all I'm saying. It'll still be arduous for me cause rather than typing. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. But I should try it. Yeah, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd like to get to the point where I can just think about things and the words appear on the screen. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, sh- yeah, sure. So, okay, so we should... We should are we, we should, far... Are we, are uh, we uh, yeah, a string? Got, got a little far field. We should get back. All right, get back. Get back to commitment, right? Commitment, yeah. All right. Well, so... Um, do you have any questions on that, or would you, if you were if you were coming out with a new product, would you have any other suggestions about what one might do to get you to commit, or do you have any other ideas about times when you have or have not committed to a, a new product or service? Um, how so? So how strong is commitment? Like, like, is there, once you've committed, is it like you're committed now or is there, is there like gradients of commitment? Um, that's a good question, Guthrie. Yeah. I'm going to, I think of commitment, I think there are great, some gradients of commitment, but basically I think of commitment as, um, uh, you know, a, a binary state. I'm not committed, and then I am. You know, I cross a threshold, and then I'm committed. Now, certainly, you know, and I guess it's possible I'm strongly, I mean, you know, I'm really committed versus I'm just a little bit committed. Is that, I guess that's possible. But I think of it more as, um, let's put it this way. I think it's a threshold. You're either committed or you're not. I think there is a, a gradient if we're talking about how long the commitment lasts or how easy it is to loosen the commitment okay so I you know for instance you could say I guess that we had committed to one of those other previous CRMs that we used but they but they seemed it didn't seem like that was a particularly strong commitment because it was not that hard to get us to shake it, right? And give up and start looking for something new and, you know, be, be uh, interested in a new product or service. Um, so I guess in that, you know, so I guess I'm, I'm being contradictory and saying it's a threshold, but there are different levels to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. But okay. I think there is that, I think there is a threshold in terms of uh, I've, I'm committing, I'm taking action, I'm moving forward, I'm choosing this right now. Mm. I think that that is a go, no-go state. But, you know, how easily you can get someone to give give up on it or commit to something new, you know, that that might vary. 
Interesting. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think that that you you asked about loyalty. Um, you know, basically, what I think happens is once you've committed to a product or service or a brand, that commitment is tested over time uh, in a variety of ways. And so sometimes you stick with it. Uh, you know, that the, the question comes up again, right? Essentially, are you still committed to this? Yes, no, right? And if you answer yes, then right, the answer right, is right. yes, and you just keep going. And it, But if the answer is, well, I'm not sure, or no, I'm not, you know, then you're starting the process of thinking about a change. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the, you know, my personal shift from PCs to Apple back to PCs, right? <laughs> right? And yeah. so, which went, which is a... You know, That's a, very, yeah, it's a story in and of itself, right? Right, and then it's a very long time period that that went over, and for for a very very long time, you know, I wouldn't even consider the switch. You know, it was like nope, not inter- not interested, not interested in talking about it, not interested in checking things out, right? So I think there's um, uh, then, but then you reach, you know, there's something that happens and that, that something can be all kinds of things, right? It can be new products. It can be a change in your self story. It can, right. I mean, there's like so many factors, right. But there can be something that shakens that or loosens that commitment. And then at that point, the next time you ask yourself or someone asks you, right. Right. How committed are you to sticking? And I mean, I, I believe that's, you know, you, You've asked me that question about many things about technology, right? How right. committed are you to sticking with, you know, we might be talking about a new computer or something, and you, you'll say to me, how committed are you to sticking with Apple on this, right? Mm-hmm. And you're asking me. And there, were t- there have been times when I And I've you don't said, know. You don't have an answer sometimes. Sometimes I do know. Sometimes I say I'm not, sw- you know, I can't imagine a situation, right? Yeah. And then sometimes I'll say, well, hmm, Right? Uh, and then you move in stealthily to get that switch to happen. You gonna uh, blame me on this? Always. <laughs> so I think there are levels of uh, sh- strength of lasting with the commitment, but I still think the commitment is either a, a go no go. Okay. If that makes any sense. All right. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, so all of you uh, product managers and you, you, you music, music software out there, please change your trials. Give me a chance <laughs> to commit. Um, have a trial period. Have, don't base it on time. You know, let it, either let it go a very long time or base it on uh, something besides time. Um, and... Uh, you'll find that people are more likely to commit and get them to input their own information. There you go. So that they have to do some arduous work (laughs) so that they will become committed. Make them work. Make them work. (laughs) Now, you've seen this, though. Guthrie, I wanted to ask you, because I know you play games, right? Uh, That is very true. Like video games and that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Online games? Yeah. So, I mean... And we've talked about gamification and, and that kind of thing before, but 
don't do you feel like if a game is really you know tricky and you have to really work at it that that you like it more um sure uh there there are i mean there's a lot of famous examples of this uh there's a game called dark souls which i don't play but i know people who do and it's um it's it's like calling card is that it's really really hard yeah like uh so so it's you know there's these series of bosses and basically to like defeat a boss you have to like each boss you know like you wouldn't guess you know like you have to go you duck under and you go right and you run over here and then uh, you have to you know the boss is only vulnerable on like his left leg and then you you don't know what duck and dive and yeah and so so the whole so you like you i think it's i think it's dark souls maybe i i think it is anyways um and, and and so it's so it's really hard, right? And so to defeat to you know get past one thing, and usually the expectation is that it takes you know dozens of tries. Like it's just not something that you can just like just you know roll through. But and so it would be so hard, people would quit. Except that people are like like their expectations are set. So it's more uh-huh. of like a puzzle than a frustrating whatever. Um, yeah, and then and then you know the the. The most famous example is multiplayer online games who use, do you know the MMR system? No. There's a bunch of different ways. It basically gives you a ranking of how good you are mm-hmm. relative to all the other players. And so yeah. when you queue up for a game, it, of course, queues you up with players of your rank. Mm-hmm. And if you are better than all the other players, you'll you'll move up and you'll eventually hit harder players. And then you'll move back down, right? And until it finds like exactly like what level you're at at the moment. So yeah. so it's a, so it's, so it's naturally, and that's because it's online, and you don't want you know really good players going against really bad players. But uh, there's a lot of ways that kind of games naturally balance a little bit. Yeah. So, I'm I you know on the one hand I don't want to tell people to create it interfaces that are hard to use but on the other hand i want people to think about you know what what are the goals and maybe it needs to be uh maybe maybe you got to have people work at it so it's it's an interesting question yeah all right i I think that's it okay um guthrie thanks a lot and uh i think it's time to I think I'll maybe I'll when we hang up I'll go update some stuff in pipe drive. <laughs> Please if, do. If people want to reach us, what should they do? It, info at the uh, teamw.com. And please share our uh, if you like our podcast, share it with others, talk about it, let people know, rate it, rate it, ratings and reviews. Become mm-hmm. committed to it. Mhm. That'll help us out too. All right. Thanks Guthrie. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.